0: We're back, and we're joined by one of my favorite people. His name is former congressman, former, well, ambassador to the Netherlands, um, now chairman of the Center for Security Policy's Board of Advisors, Pete Hoekstra, a man of many parts and considerable ability when it comes particularly to assessing and helping the rest of us understand the challenges we're facing in the national security domain. Uh, Congressman, Mr. Ambassador, I never know what to call you. Pete, I know, is what you opt for, but uh, welcome, sir. It's always good to have you with us.
1: Welcome back. Hey, good to be with you, Frank. Thank you. Let
0: me ask you, uh, if I can, because we've not spoken since it went down, um, your takeaway from the so-called virtual summit that uh, President Biden had recently with the General Secretary of the Chinese Communist Party. And now I guess we now call him simply Emperor Xi Jinping.
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I would echo the words of uh, our colleague here at the center, uh, Fred Flights, who said, you know, no more, no more virtual or no more summits for Biden. I mean, a very, very pathetic performance. Uh, Fred wrote an op-ed on it. Uh, I also wrote an op-ed on him. And what I focused on is, uh, you know, here we are, Frank. Uh, we have a president who's threatening Americans that if they don't do what he says on COVID, uh, they're going to lose their jobs, uh, and is, you know, wants to empower OSHA, uh, to enforce his mandates, uh, you know, on all of American businesses, I guess all American businesses are over a hundred, but, uh, eventually that ripples down to smaller businesses, but you go through all of this and he's unwilling to even bring up, uh, COVID. Uh, with G with And this is as cases are surging throughout Europe and the Netherlands, where I serve, uh, their, their hospitalization rate, their new case numbers are as high as they've ever been. Uh, and this is as we enter what I call the another dark winter, the third dark winter uh, of COVID. And the Chinese know a lot more about this than they've been willing to share with the American people And we have Biden, who is unwilling to even bring it up with Xi, uh, which sends a message to the American people, uh, but more importantly, sends a message to Xi. Uh, He gets off of that phone call and says, can you believe this? (laughs) That guy never even asked me about the pandemic, Uh, never brought us to account. Uh, You know, know Pete,
0: uh, if I can say it. I'm not entirely sure we know what was said by Biden in this call. I I have, you know, a core conviction that it probably wasn't very much. I mean, we've got these readouts and all that. But still, you know, the the capacity of the man, as is evident from his public appearances uh, for most of his presidency, is such that it's hard to credit the idea that uh, he actually engaged in a conversation with uh, Xi for over three and a half hours, for heaven's sakes. So um, whether he brought up COVID or whether he said anything useful if he were to have brought it up is, is kind of a, a, a moot point. It's clear he is not able to make the case that uh, there should be accountability to the Chinese Communist Party.
1: Yeah, no, I I I agree with your point. I mean, The, uh, you know, what we've seen is, yeah, the talking points, the readouts that come from uh, the president's handlers. And I think they said, well, you know, uh, he may have mentioned it, but clearly from uh, what's happened before, what's happened after, and what probably happened on the phone call uh, is this this was not a major point of contention where it should have been the uh, the beginning and the focus of the call. You know, I just had a friend uh, this week who uh, was 53 and Uh, He uh, thankfully, uh, it looks like he's going to make it. But at the beginning of the week, it is, uh, you know, it looked like he was, uh, he might not make it uh, because he had contracted COVID. And for Diane and I, that's maybe the first time it had become that close and personal where you're looking at somebody and saying, wow. And, you know, really what it starts to make you is it starts to make you angry uh, that the United States and the rest of the world. Uh, is not holding China accountable, Uh, you know, because there's general agreement that they never cooperated uh, early on, and it might have taken six weeks, 12 weeks, uh, but even now they've never fully cooperated. How many Americans, how many people around the world have died for what we know at worst, or excuse me, at best, is China's performance. At best, they didn't cooperate for 12 weeks. Uh, but I think what most of us agree that even two and a half years into this, they still are not cooperating uh, in helping get this pandemic under control.
0: So much to unpack there, but obviously you're absolutely right. I, I guess I'm only strikingly surprised that it's taken this long for the disease to touch you in that fashion. Um, I think most Americans have had some experience of it, whether it's losing a loved one or, or getting sick themselves or... Know, you know, my, uh, you know, we've, or whatever we've got, else uh, my brother it, this has my really been and such and... an affliction, as you say, uh, sub, to answer your question, I think it's up, up, upwards of 750,000 Americans have died and 5 million or more around the world. And this scourge did come from China. They know a lot more about it, as you say, and have not been coming forward with it. That's for sure. And the fact that we've not been demanding that is unbelievable.
1: You know, my, uh, you know, my brother and my sister and uh, their spouses—they've all had it. Um, you know, and they're in their 70s, so it's—it's it's touched us. But you know, they all bounced; uh, they all got through it very, very quickly. And so, we're thankful for that. Uh, a couple of them have underlying conditions, but you know, this is the first time that somebody very, you know, Almost very close them. to us yeah. uh, was in a position where. Uh, You know, we thought within five to seven days, they might not make it. Well,
0: thank God. Uh, A a good thing to be remembering at this time of Thanksgiving, uh, how precious life is. And um, to have this one spared is is wonderful news. Um, Pete, let me come to uh, a very important initiative of the center. We appreciate so much your leadership of its board of advisors. Um, It's called the War on America that Joe Biden is waging. And we have a sort of running Uh, sort of effort to document what's being done in so many areas. And I I thought I might just touch base with you on a couple of these to get your sense of it. We've discussed in the past the weaponization of our national security agencies against the Biden team's perceived political adversaries. And I know as a man who's, you know, been... Uh, as senior overseer of uh, some of the most important of those agencies in the intelligence community, you have a particular appreciation of the harm that can be done if those entities which are designed to protect us from foreign adversaries are turned against Americans here at home. Um, what's your sense of whether this should actually be aptly described as a, as a kind of war
1: on our own countrymen. Oh, no, I absolutely believe it. Uh, just this morning, I was talking to a friend of mine who has been, uh, you know, who's been requested to provide and uh, their uh, electronic equipment was taken. Uh, this person is a lawyer, and they've not been accused of anything. Uh, but what they have done is they've now spent well into six figures just going through with a, you know, a master uh, who was going through their electronic equipment. And since their lawyers determine, uh, they're determining which communications are attorney-client privilege. And they're not going to ever be charged with anything. They've not been accused of a crime. But they just say, hey, we may have some information. But the end result is, you know, this person has paid probably uh, over $400,000 just, just to protect their attorney-client privilege. And, Frank, you and I know if the federal government comes after you, you can't afford to fight them. They come with 20 attorneys. You come with one. They come with, you know, millions of dollars. Yeah, you come... You know, they come with millions of dollars. You come with a, maybe a hundred thousand, but yeah.
0: I, I don't know who this individual is, but I'm reasonably sure that in addition to that outlay of personal funds, the time that that person has had to devote to damage control uh, in this uh, is is certainly time not spent doing whatever they do, making a living or or whatever their pro bono activities might be that that triggered this kind of uh, well. I would call it retaliation. Yeah,
1: and you know, and we've seen what it's done to people. Uh, you know, we've seen what it's done to Michael Flynn, and so no, I I really do believe in you know these are not just two isolated cases. It's at, it's happening on a broad basis, a broad scale that political enemies are being targeted by. And, you know, and I think the worst organization right now may be the FBI, perhaps the one that we had the most trust in before. But I remember when I was in the Netherlands, I, you know, and, and you saw some of the stuff that was happening uh, against people in the Trump administration and being conducted by the FBI. Uh, and I, you know, I've got FBI people who were working for me in the Netherlands. And you just look at them and say, you know, can you really are you proud of being part of such an organization? Of course, they can't say anything. OK, um, but, you know, they clearly knew that I was totally frustrated and I no longer trusted them. And that's something terrible to say about our chief law enforcement uh, organization and one that is, you know, globally trusted as being very, very talented, uh, but also as being apolitical. But it has, it's its deviated from its path.
0: And, and this is, of course, something that, you know, I think began in earnest before the Biden administration, sadly. Uh, we definitely saw it during the Obama years as well. But, uh, Pete, let me just... You know, pivot quickly to, to one other aspect of this uh, war on America. I am really concerned about what they're doing to the United States military as well, whether it's with respect to, uh, you know, the indoctrination of our military personnel with this uh, so-called critical race theory. I call it communist racist training, same, same acronym, but slightly different uh, characterization. It's also, you know, what they're doing with purging people from the military. It's what they're doing with respect to driving people out with these vaccine mandates. Um, are, are you concerned about, uh, at a moment when, as we were talking about a previous uh, segment with Mark Schneider, we've got some very serious military threats, um, geostrategic threats, really, from China especially, but um, military threats from China and Russia together that we now have to contemplate. This is no time to be dismantling or at least... Uh, Fundamentally transforming, as they say, the United States Armed Forces. Yeah, no, isn't? I mean
1: we're 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 purging. You know, it looks like the you know the Biden administration wants to purge those. Um, you know, and the premise will be, well, they're unwilling to take the vaccine, so they're a threat uh, to other people. And you know, there's no evidence of that. Uh, you know, again, I've talked to some people recently, and you've maybe heard the same thing. Some of the uh, many of many of our best pilot, you know, who may pull three, four, I don't know how many G's when they're flying their fighter aircraft, but a number of them, yeah, a number of them are saying, hey, we're not taking the vaccine because one of the side effects that has been noticed uh, and identified is the potential to create blood clots. Well, I'll tell you, if if you're a military pilot uh, and there's any possibility or any indication that you are susceptible or have had blood clots, you are grounded, okay? So why would you take a medication where one of the side effects has been indicated to be that it may have, uh, you know, it may create blood clots? You're not going to take it because all of a sudden, you know, you you no longer qualify for the profession that you've been trained for and the profession that you love. And then, you know, there's, uh, you know, so there's no exceptions for that. There's no exceptions for religion. Now, it, it is a purge of, because uh, I think they're, they're believing that People who are you know, not taking this or who are resistant to taking the vaccine may embrace a certain political philosophy, uh, you know, and it's not 100% correlation. It may not even be 50% correlation, but I think they believe there is a higher correlation, and therefore, this is a good way to get these kinds of people out of the military because they don't want them there. That's right.
0: Um, It's so troubling on on so many different levels. These are, in many cases, I think, the best uh, warriors we have. Uh, You talked about pilots, uh, the SEALs uh, as well, and other special forces units, I think, are being decimated now for the same um, reason. And uh, you know, we can't afford that either, obviously. Um, Pete, before we run out of time, we've only got about two or three minutes left. Quickly, if I could ask you about um, your last duty station in Europe. One of the things that is afoot at the moment is, as you know, um, some energy uh, warfare uh, being waged by Vladimir Putin, absolutely predictable because we've encouraged our European allies, or at least not discouraged them adequately, uh, to get hooked up to his gas pipelines. Um, He's taking full advantage of that. He's also seemingly, I think, probably behind what his ally Belarus is doing to try to get uh, um, Poland and perhaps other parts of Europe destabilized with new infusions of uh, illegal aliens, many of them from Sharia supremacist nations in the Middle East. Your thoughts about both of those topics and uh, what are the prospects that Europe will be destabilized as a result?
1: Uh, My first comment is uh, the Trump administration told you so. Uh, You know, Uh, The Trump administration, as the ambassador to the Netherlands, I was instructed uh, to do everything that I could to convince the Dutch uh, to not participate in financing and construction of the Nord Stream pipeline. Uh, We warned the Dutch that, uh, hey, you know, if uh, this pipeline is completed, you're going to become more and more dependent on Russia and Russia will lose that leverage or excuse me, they will use that leverage uh, you know, to, uh, to destroy you and to destabilize Europe. And, uh, the Dutch went forward. Uh, you know, the only time they blinked was when, uh, the president threatened sanctions on certain Dutch companies, but they fought back on those and they couldn't understand. And I said, Pete, this is just an economic issue. And it's kind of like, no, it's not. It's a geopolitical issue. And Russia wants to get its fangs into you. And, you know, the worst offenders, of course, were the Germans, uh, the Germans, uh, you know, fully embrace the Nord Stream pipeline. It comes into Germany. Obviously, uh, with the transit lines going through Germany, there was a, a significant amount of money going into their coffers. And, you know, the, uh, if Europe is destabilized, it will be destabbed by Russia, which is what Putin wants to accomplish. Whatever success Putin will have, uh, will be because he had people that were willing, uh, you know, willing to sit on the sidelines as the mechanisms were put in place for Putin to increase his power throughout Western Europe. It's uh, it's tragic.
0: Indeed. And and it's worse in some cases, as you say, notably in Germany. The former chancellor of Germany is on Putin's payroll getting this uh, Nord Stream pipeline brought online. And they weren't just sitting on the sidelines. They were actively aiding and abetting it. Pete Hoekstra, Uh, So much more to talk with you about. We'll look forward to doing so in the days ahead. In the meantime, we're thankful for your many contributions, both uh, in your previous public service and now in the service you're rendering again at our Center for Security Policy. I know you'll keep it up and we'll look forward to visiting with you in the future. In the meantime, have a great Thanksgiving, my friend.